Support for Starting Small comes from Human Scale, the leading designer and manufacturer of high-performance ergonomic products that help create a healthier work life. All of the products from chairs to standing desk and more are comfortable, easy to use, and sustainable, and great for either the office or the work from home environment. With an increase in shifting workplaces, comfort can be especially hard to find. As I run the podcast, I'm in front of my desk for hours a day, from scheduling, researching, interviewing, and more. Human Scale allows me to remain productive without the consequence of body stress to follow. Make sure to check out Human Scale at humanscale.com and use code STARTINGSMALL at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. That's code STARTINGSMALL at humanscale.com and enjoy the episode. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Sabin Lomag, co-founder of Cousins Maine Lobster, bringing authentic Maine lobster nationwide through food trucks and brick and mortar restaurants. After realizing that the LA scene was oversaturated with cheap and inauthentic foods, Sabin and his cousin Jimmy pulled together their savings and opened their first food truck in 2012. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Sabin Lomack of Cousins Maine Lobster. Sabin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. For sure. So I'd like to start out with your upbringing. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Yeah, um, well, <clears throat> grew up in a small little town of Scarborough, Maine, in a little nook called Pine Point. I'm actually here right now with my family. And uh, I grew up with just my mother, no brothers, no sisters. Uh, I didn't really uh, know my father too well, so um, really close-knit with my mom. Uh, small family here in Maine. And uh, yeah, you know, that, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of how, how it all started. Mm. Growing up, would you say that you had an entrepreneurial mindset, say lemonade stands or selling products? Can you repeat that question? Yeah, growing up, uh, would you say that you had an entrepreneurial mindset, say like lemonade stands or selling products? Um, you know what? <laughs> I had so many jobs when I was a kid. Uh, I had probably like 50 jobs locally, mm. um, including at one point selling sodas on the beach. So, I mean, I was doing everything that I could to make money. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. We we're pretty broke. So mm. um, I remember... Um, all the kids having, you know, the team shoes, basketball shoes, and I, I couldn't afford them. I remember uh, coaches helping me buy cleats, mm. you know, for soccer, stuff like that. So to me, I didn't like that. I wanted to, I wanted to have nice things. And uh, I remember my grandfather, who was a Marine for about 30 years, he told me, um, who also was from Portland, Maine, very, you know, grew up very poor as well. And he said, you know, if you want something in life, you got to go get it. And you know, be a man and go do what you need to do. So, you know, I started working at a very young age. Wow. And, um, you know, I just, <clears throat> so I think, you know, I guess, is that entrepreneurial? Yeah, I think yeah. entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs want to survive, entrepreneurs want to thrive. And um, yeah, I think I, I think it started at, the, at a young age. Amazing. I saw that you went on to study at Hofstra University in 2000. Uh, what did you study there? Speech communications and rhetorical studies and drama. Mm. Um, I really wanted to be an actor. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that was really it. I mean, I didn't truly know. I was like a lot of kids when I went to college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I did this and, you know, it, it was kind of something. But, you know, sure. I, did, I wasn't one of those guys who knew exactly what I wanted to do. With your time there, were you in any athletics or clubs? 
Um, you know, I played sports all throughout high school. I had some scholarships to play like division two sports in college. I think I could have played at Hofstra soccer. I just truly wanted to stop. I was tired of, mm. I mean, I wasn't good at play basketball, uh, although I would have loved to in college, but no, I played, you know, some intramural stuff really, but I worked, I mean, I worked full time throughout college so I could afford it. Mm. I got grants and scholarships, um, and I went to school. So, um, and I partied a lot. And I made sure I, had, I made sure I had a lot of fun too. Awesome. So, following college and prior to Cousins Made Lobster, what kind of jobs were you working? You wanted to be an actor. Uh, did you do anything with dramas or no? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I did tons of little stuff acting wise. Uh, uh, tons of tons of um, you know commercials and plays and off-broadway plays and performances and and you know i did I, I did as much as i could i also got my real estate license to make sure that i still had some sort of um fallback plan mm-hmm. uh, you know and uh you know so I, I sold real estate i actually became very successful at it. it was really really fun and i was good at it so those are those are kind of what i did i said you know what i'm going to sell real estate and i'm going to i'm going to do some acting on the side that was my career awesome with, with real estate did you stay in maine for the most part or where did you venture no i was in los angeles, los angeles. i was in los angeles. got yeah. it yeah so in 2000 well i was living i was living in i went to school in new york and then i was living in los angeles and uh i uh I got my real estate license out there and then just, you know, started, started really doing well. Amazing. So Cousins Maine Lobster comes around 2011. Uh, what was the initial inspiration that struck interest for uh, both you and Jimmy uh, to start this and move into the food industry? Can you repeat that? Yeah. Uh, I said 2011, uh, Cousins Maine Lobster comes. What was the initial inspiration that struck interest for you and Jimmy to create Cousins Maine Lobster and move into the food industry? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, uh, you know, Jim came and visited me in Los Angeles. He was visiting a girlfriend. We, you know, he came, you know, we had dinner, we had fun and we just reminisced and realized how much we a missed each other and b how much, how important family was to us. And we realized we had, um, we'd love to do something creative together. And I think that the idea of Cousins Maine Lobster was really just to be creative um, and challenge ourselves to do something. We didn't really have any grand vision of it being too successful or making tons of money or certainly to get where it is now. We just really wanted to do something that was fun. Mm. That was really as, as, as simple as it is. So, um, you know, we did it, you know, we, we worked on it for about a year. We said, you know, we're going to, we made some decision, you know, reason we chose a black truck is because we thought, you know, sports teams that have black jerseys look really sleek and Mm -hmm. kind of almost tough. I mean, we made a lot of decisions like that based on kind of our gut, not like years of business school and case studies. Mm. We just kind of flew by the seat of our pants. We just did whatever we thought would work. Mm. Um, the one thing that we, we really strived on was the quality of product. Being from Maine, um, you know, there, you know how good lobster is here, mm. and we wanted to make sure we had the best lobster in the world. So we... Um, uh, you know, we made sure we had the absolute best lobster. We figured that if we did that and we provided like really good service, that kind like down East hospitality, which is really important yeah. that we might succeed. And we hope to sell maybe 30 or 40 rolls a day. That was the goal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as it turns out, we sold a lot more than that. Amazing. So when you purchased that first food truck, where did you plant it for ideal traffic? Um, well, we planted it throughout the whole city of Los Angeles. We just moved around every day, lunch and dinner to a different location. Um, and for the most part, we were very successful. Every once in a while we hit a clunker and it wasn't so busy, but mm. for the most part we were, 
you're very successful. Um, didn't matter the demographic, the neighborhood, the income levels, you know, uh, and I think we all thought, oh, we got to go to Beverly Hills. That's where all the money yeah. is. But uh, we went anywhere and, um, you know, everyone supported us. And really, we found that it was a, it was an affordable luxury. It was a treat and uh, it was something that people had never had before. Mm, amazing. What did the menu offer to start? Was it a wide variety or was it just a, a few menu options? Yeah, no, it was just a couple of menu items. Same as pretty much what we have now. I mean, a couple of lobster rolls, some soups a couple side items, you know, we've since added a few things like a lobster grilled cheese, but we've kept it pretty small and, mm. and simple, uh, pretty much the same as when we started. And I, I like it that way. Mm. You know, we both are the type of guys that we like going places with a smaller menu, not a big menu. Yeah. Um, we like going places, if you know, if you're the best at a burger, then you probably shouldn't have 50 things on the menu. You should have just a couple of good burgers. For so sure. we, uh, we wanted, you know, we wanted people to know when they came for a lobster roll that they were going to be, uh, yeah, we're going to be treated with the best lobster. That's it. hundred percent. So I'm curious with a food truck and one food truck, what were your main forms of marketing? Was it mainly traffic and road of mouth or word of mouth? Uh, what did that look like? Um, at the, at the beginning, um, you know, uh, social media, yeah. you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, our website, uh, PR, we got a lot of initial PR buzz. We went on the news. Uh, we created a pretty good marketing frenzy behind us. Um, and of course, you know, really three months after opening, we went on Shark Tank. Wow. So after, after that, uh, you know, we found people that were obviously seeking us out and searching to find us everywhere. Wow. And you mentioned that the demographic really didn't matter, but after marketing and after selling, did you notice any main demographic in sales or was it wide? No, no, it was a wide net of people. It's, it's just, it was, it was everyone, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, old, young, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter. Uh, so no, we didn't, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you did some really macro, um, you know, analytics, you would probably find that there is certainly a certain group of, you know, whether it's young adults or, you know, uh, I don't know, but really we everyone everyone loves it and um you know no so to answer your question no so you mentioned before you could even launch that next truck you appeared on shark tank um that's phenomenal and i'm wondering what was the internal feeling for you and your co-founder at that time to appear at a, such a young start what was the feeling yeah like? internally um, I mean, we were really nervous. Um, you know, we were well prepared. We watched about 50 episodes <laughs> of the show. Um, you know, so we felt like we were pretty prepared. Um, but, you know, we were nervous. I think the biggest thing is we just didn't want, um, we didn't want people, we didn't want them to talk negatively about us. We didn't want them to, you know, say, oh, the food wasn't good, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I think that was like our biggest concern. You know, we were, we were worried that maybe the food might be cold by the time they eat it, you know, something mm -hmm. along those lines. So that was, that was really, I think the, uh, the, the worry, but you know, thankfully it went really, really well. For and, sure. You know, they love it. So I've had some guests on previously who have appeared on Shark Tank and something they mention is especially D2C brands, e-commerce, they can notice a spike in sales. I was, yeah. I was wondering after your airing, did you notice any spike in traffic or sales or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, we had a massive spike in everything. Yeah, I mean, we already had really, really long lines, uh, and and these lines were were even longer. So uh, yes, you know, whether it was our website, I mean, I think our website crashed that night. We, wow. we had paid 
tons of money to have it not crash, um, but it, it crashed nonetheless. Uh, so yeah, we 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 saw we saw, it was crazy. Um, it, it was crazy. The lines at our food truck just got even longer. Wow. So when I keep up with Cousins Maine Lobster today and Barbara, uh, you landed that deal. I really respect how she she is really a big part of your business. I, I was wondering what kind, what kind of impact did your airing and partnership with Barbara mean for the future and growth of Cousins Maine Lobster? Um, well, it was incredibly impactful because Barbara, uh, you know, she is she's very wise and she's wise. You know, she's like me. She's street smart, uh, you know. She's, she isn't always the most eloquent when she phrases something. Um, she kind of gives it to you a little more direct and blue collar. And that really, you know, fits well with me in particular. And I think Jimmy as well. Um, so her impact on us has been huge because she just, you know, for lack of a better word, she keeps it real. You know, she just says it quick, blunt, and, and um, that's it. A lot of the things that she also says um, are things that we were doing or thought to do. Mm. So she just kind of reinforced what we already thought. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. So if I was to tell you that I was going to start a food truck with lobster and serve Maine lobster out of it, does it sound like that great of an idea? Does it really sound that sexy or alluring or mind blowing? And the answer is really not. Yeah. You know, if, if anything, it doesn't sound very good at all. Um, you know, lobster food truck, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So, so these are the reasons and the ways that people get talked out of their ideas. These are the re reasons that people always go, I was going to do something. I should have done something mm. and they don't have to do anything. So when we had these ideas, we oftentimes question them because, you know, who are we? We're just, you know, we're not that smart. And Barbara would just reinforce them. So mm. her partnership has been, you know, incredible. She's an incredible friend and a, and a mentor and, and instrumental in our growth. That's for sure. That's amazing. Looking at Cousins Maine Lobster today, uh, you have expanded to bring on some amazing franchisees. I'm curious, what do you look for when opening up to a new franchisee? What do we look for? Yeah, in a franchisee, for example. Uh, I look for, first of all, when they get on the phone with us, that, you know, they've already done, we've already done a lot of vetting by the time that they even talk to Jim and I. Mm -hmm. But we look for them to know the answers to questions that we ask, common questions. Um, we look for them to be prepared. We look for them to be excited, um, humble, kind. Um, we don't, you know, we don't like the big money people, the people that just talk about money um, or I'll figure that out kind of guys. We don't like that. Yeah. Um, so we like people that, that call and, and that come and they actually have a plan together and they are, um, they're prepared. Mm. So if they're prepared for those calls and those moments um, and we believe in their market, then um, that's what we look for. It doesn't matter if you're a seasoned business person or if you have never run a business in your life. We don't care. As long as you have humility and you're prepared. Amazing. Do franchisees bring any inspiration towards uh, menu additions? They can, um, for sure. If, uh, if, if they have something that is that we like, that we try and we love it, then yeah, for sure. Mm. I don't think it's happened yet with a franchisee. One of our employees, our first employees helped us with a bunch of the menu items and stuff, but um, I don't, I can't recall, you know, any franchisee making something that is stuck, yeah. but that's not to say that we also have a really small menu and we kind of keep it that way. For sure. Um, but but um, no, I mean, it's not, it's not to say that it wouldn't, you know. 100%. But yes. Answer your question. Their feedback is their their feedback is just unbelievable. Yeah, you know, so 
doesn't even it doesn't even go to like um, it doesn't even have to be uh, a menu item. They could just say, "Hey, listen, we really, you know, we think that we could put a bigger TV on the truck." The mm-hmm. guy in San Francisco doing that. He's putting a TV on the back of the truck, I think. Or we think that a logo would look here, and we think we should do this, and we think we should do that. You know, yeah. it's just these little like it's just really, really, um, it's really, really interesting what they can come up with themselves. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know, yes to menu items more, more commonly are just other things to make the business better. Got it. So what would you say separates Cousins Maine Lobster uh, from your competitors? Maybe other food trucks, other lobster places, etc. cetera. Um, well, I, I can't comment on their food quality because I haven't had it. Of course. But I think right off the bat that our food is the best in the world. Yeah. I think that we offer the most premium product in the world. And I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that that fact alone is pretty much what we stand mm. on. Number one. Um, so I don't think you're going to get a better lobster roll anywhere else in the world. And I'm really confident about that. Yeah. That's something that we take a lot of pride in. Um, that's something that we've never um, deviated from. And it's something that we say with a lot, you know, a lot of uh, passion. Mm. So right off the bat, you know, we're a food business. Yeah. If we're selling burgers, it would need to be the best burger. If we're, you know, we're selling lobster. It's a very celebratory, um, expensive, uh, special menu item. So it needs to be the best. So right off the bat, I think that our product is the best food in the world. Number one. Number two, um, we are from Maine. Mm. Uh, so we are not a gimmick. We are not something that uh, was thought up on a business plan and, uh, you know, kind of duplicated. Uh, we grew up um, uh, in this area. And I think that that as a fan, you know, as true family members. So as a family business coming from where we come from, which is very blue collar, which is very um, hardworking. Uh, I think that um, I think that separates us from a lot of other people. Mm. Um and number three, um, what else separates us? I mean, I don't know. You know, I just think we're special. Yeah. And I, I don't worry too much about other people. I just do what we do. For and sure. I think we, are, we we distinguish ourselves pretty well. Amazing. What would you say is your top seller today? If you have any idea, is it the lobster roll or what? what would... Yeah. It's the Connecticut lobster roll, which is the warm main lobster with a little butter on it. Mm. That's definitely the top one. It sells two to one with the other lobster roll. However, in Maine, you know, the traditional way of having this is with uh, uh, chilled lobster with a little bit of uh, mayonnaise. Mm. Well, I'd like to conclude each episode with this. If you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret, uh, what would that be? Um, you know, I say this a lot and I'll say it again. I kind of alluded to it earlier. If you're listening and you're an an, uh, aspiring entrepreneur, it's really simple. Believe in what you do, believe in yourself. And if you are willing to do the hard work, if you really are willing to uh, give it your all, if you really, really uh, will bet on yourself, then you should do what you want to do. And if you're willing to be the best, you have to be the best. Don't try and be second best. Don't try and be average. We didn't do this business to be average. We did this to be the best. Mm. So if you are willing to do that in whatever field you are and do the work, then you should do it and don't listen to what anyone else says. So when we, when we started this business, I didn't mention this. We worked on this idea for a year and we didn't tell anybody. Mm. So Jimmy and I for 14 months actually worked on this. Didn't tell my mom, didn't tell my best friend. I didn't tell anyone. And do you know why I did that? 
uh, doubt. Why do you doubt. I didn't want anyone to give me any bad energy and tell me my idea wasn't good. Yeah. I didn't want anyone to be like, oh, you don't, oh, really? But you don't know anything about food. Yeah. I didn't want negativity. Yeah. So I did it anyway because I bet on myself always and I bet on my cousin, Jim. For sure. So what I'm telling people, if you're listening and you believe and you sound like me, then do whatever the hell you want to do and don't listen to anybody. Mm. Don't listen to people that tell you you need a college education in business or you need to do this or you need to do that. Do whatever the hell you want to do. Mm. Don't be scared. Be be fearless. And if you're fearless with good ethics and, and, and a superior product, you will succeed. Mm. If you cut corners and you're cheap and you're rude and you're bully and you're unethical, you will fail. Mm. That's it. So if you, if you can commit to being a good person, working harder than anybody else and believing, then you'll succeed. And that's it. It's really that simple. So we've had people that have come up to us, especially in our early years, they go, oh man, I was going to do this. Or I had this idea. Or I was going to do this. And I have no doubt that they yeah. did, that that's true. But they didn't do it. Wow. That's the fundamental difference that they didn't do it. Mm. And we do So let that be a lesson to anyone out there. You're not listening to a person that is, you know, went to Harvard University for business. You're listening to a kid who barely got into college struggled worked his ass off the whole time who didn't you know were doing drama and waiting tables mm. who got a real estate license just for the hell of it who then started this for the hell of it so i don't have any credentials that should be that mind-blowing but if you so if you're like me then you can do whatever the hell you want in life yeah wow that's super inspiring sabin thank you so much for joining me and to the listeners out there Make sure to check out Cousins Maine Lobster at CousinsMainLobster.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.